On page Kuf Zayin, around ten lines from the bottom of the page on Kuf Zayin. We've been talking about the past few weeks, we've been talking about the Avoida of Levadai, which are now, we're now in the parish of Ayavosa Yaakov Levadai, which is an Avoida of Levadai. And the meaning of Levadai, of finding that place within oneself, which is the only way that it's possible, as we're going to learn, it's the only way really that it's possible to be able to detach oneself emotionally. To detach oneself emotionally from people, from events that break a person, that hurt a person, that take away a person's menuchas nefesh. We learned that the ultimate tachlis, of course, is not disengagement. The tachlis is hamtake, the sweetening of relationships in a way that doesn't hurt oneself. But how to overcome the emotional upheaval of life and to work on Amidas in a balanced and measured way that can only be with the avoida of levade. And Rav Schwartz has been talking about the obstacles that we have in our present time to this avoid of Levada. But never before has a person, never before has there been such a situation where a person simply cannot be alone. Because of modern technology, because of modern technology, a person is not alone. And we've been talking a lot about about the effect that it has upon us. Again, very, very practical, very much Lamaisa, and then the Perak's going to then return to the Avaid that we've been talking about, and we'll move ahead, Mitchem, on a deeper level. Yeshnam Shishmias Nigun Lahem. On page Kuf Zayim, again around ten lines from the bottom. There are those for whom listening to a calm and quiet, relaxing nigan, a song, can help in this avayda of levada. You notice the emphasis on nigan margia, a calm and quieting type of a nigan. Not the type where the street is pounding and you feel it's karach vadosa, or ten feet away from you, and the earth is about to swallow you all up at the red light. Not that type. Whether it's with Jewish words or, of course, something that's not Jewish. I'm not talking about one of the Nagunim of recent years with that beat. Something quiet. And Nigan is a gewaldige, gewaldige koyach to help the person come back to himself. The modern day Nigunim that Rav Schwartz is warning us about, we know, are Nigunim that remove you further away from the place of Levada and take you out into the street or into a club or into a stadium or into a coliseum. It's the opposite of Levada. I think some of you heard about me on this subject in the from me on the subject in the past. Yeish nagunim shebekoychem lahashkit esa odin. There are nagunim that have the ability 
Then a grunder had the ability to lahashkit this oven, to quiet a person's life. Ligra loin luchyoiz ba'olam shel sheket knimi. To help the person enter into that world of inner quiet. Hasheket apnimi. This sheket apnimi. Again, we're not talking about just having quiet in a room. Because the fact that a room is quiet doesn't mean at all that inside of you you're quiet. Everybody here knows that it's possible to be in a, to be in a room that's absolutely silent, but there's tremendous turbulence inside of you. So that's not a guarantee. Remember that. This inner quiet is the greatest treasure that exists inside of a person. The greatest treasure in a person's life. There's a deeper oitzer. It's true. The oitzer that a person, the treasure that a person can find within himself, this sheket pnimi, is an oitzer, is a treasure chest that when a person has it, he could find something even more precious in the treasure chest, which is what? The Bari Eilam himself, the master of the world, which is the greatest gift of all. The Bari Shalom gives himself to us. But if you don't have such a treasure chest of Sheket Pnimi, of inner quiet, of inner tranquility, of Menuchas HaNefesh, of Yishev Adaz, you don't have a Kli, you don't have a Kli in which the Bari Eilam, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu can, can enter into. You're missing that clea for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to come into. That's what he says. There's an Oitzah Pnimi Yoyzah. There's an Oitzah Pnimi, there's an Oitzah that's even more Pnimi. Oitzah Pnimi Yoyzah. Shu HaGilui SheBayrei Oylem Besaycha Adam. Which is revealing the Bayrei Oylem in the creator of the world and the person. But that can only take place if the person has sheket pnimi. That's a condition, as it says in Pesach. You recall that by Elionavi, when Elionavi, his life was in danger after the after the whole Indian after what took place, the great the great revelation of Hashem Hualukim by Harakarma. And Elinovi had to run for his life after that. Even though he thought, it seemed that that was going to cause some great religious revolution in Eretz Yisrael. Well, Lamai said Elinovi had to run for his life. And how did Hashem, how did Hashem appear to Elinovi? Loi beruach Hashem. Loi beruach, loi be'esh, and so on. Not in a storm not in a whirlwind of fire. You will not find Hashem in noise. Hashem. A still, quiet voice. In order that a person should experience this gilui, this revelation of the Ani, of the deeper Ani, which is the Bari Oilam inside of himself, 
He must reach this world. He must build a world within himself of quiet, of levado, of ayevose Yaakov levado. Ayevose Yaakov levado, that's the parish we just came into now, Vayishlach. You remember that Vayevose Yaakov, that Vayevose Yaakov levado, that Yaakov Avinu was left by himself. And Chazal say an amazing thing. Chazal bring that posseg, Vayevose Yaakov levado, and it means the posseg, Venizgev Hashem levado. That there are two who are alone. Is the Rebbein Shlom and Yaakov Avinu. Vayevose Yaakov levado, is Venizgev Hashem levado. Vayem Ahu, it says on that day, the Rebbein Shlom will be completely by himself. So what does it mean, levado, to be by himself? Uh, how could there be a comparison between Yaakov Avinu and the Rebbein Shlom? And what does it mean that the Rebbein is by himself? We're all, we're all here. It's pretty busy. And not only that, when you read, when you when you daven in the Siddur and you read, you read the Gemaras and Chazals, Vayifanim v'chayes hakodesh. It sounds like the, there's a lot going on over there. It's busy. What kinds of malachim? It's busy. So what's the meaning of a Yavase Yaakov levado? If you have a chance, Shluchim give a biruchim on Parshas Vayishlach. The Yuchim has a piece on the Yavase Yaakov levado. What that means, Yaakov is by himself, and Chazal say, in Benizgiv Hashem levado, the Yishlach was by himself. The meaning of it is in Pnimis. Rav Yuchim in the Kudi says, is similar to a familiar Chazal. We could understand it using a familiar Chazal. I'll begin it and you'll end it. Ezehu Asher, no? The wealthy person is the one who is happy with what he has. What is that telling us? The one who is happy, the one who is wealthy, is happy with what he has. That's a wealthy person. That is the opposite of the definition. That's not the definition of wealth and the wealth in the world. Wealth means acquiring, more acquisitions. That's what wealth is, acquisition. And here, Chazal came along in the mission, they said, no. Eizehu Asher, Hasameach Bechelkeh. Meaning, listen carefully, what does that mean? It means the only truly wealthy person is the person who is able to be Sameach Levado, by himself. I don't need something to be happy. Sameach Bechelkeh means whatever I have in my life, I'm happy. In other words, my happiness does not depend on acquisitions outside of myself. My happiness depends upon myself. That's the Koyach of Levada. Eizahu Gibor. Who is the powerful person in the world? Being a powerful person means that there are others who you can defeat. Being powerful means there are others who are at your mercy. Strength is always measured vis-a-vis somebody else in the world. Look how came along and said such a thing. Eizahu Gibor. It's all internally. Meaning, levado is the avoider of oneself within oneself. I don't need anybody else in the world to be a giba. Could you imagine? Every bully in school needs uh, some nebuchadnezzar that he could find, in, right? Every bully in school needs somebody that he could take advantage of. What would it be like if all the bullies would be gathered together in one school? 
It won't it'll just be a bully place. Just for, so there'll be different be different madragos. Different madragos. And then the, then the one who was it's like the guy that was in eighth grade, like I said a few weeks ago, I was in eighth grade, he was a big he was a big macher and all this he was and then they put him in and he's now he's a freshman in high school and again they're they're picking on him and pushing him around and making fun of him. Because last year he was making fun of the seventh, sixth grade, now he's a freshman in high school. But the whole gavur of a person in this world is only in comparison to somebody who's weaker. That causes a lot of sadness in the world. A lot of misery comes from that. What is Chazal telling us? Chazal is saying, Ezra Giver, your gavura is not contingent upon anybody else's weakness. Think about it. Your strength doesn't depend on anybody else's weakness. You ever, you ever go to a classroom where you're in college, where you get some little, some little professor, a professorette, some teacher there that thinks that, 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 that he's like a Mussolini or somebody? You know what I'm talking about? You get this professor, and, you, and, and he's, got his little, he's got his little malchus there with a couple of college kids that they just need a grade to be able to get out of here. And, and this guy makes himself into some sort of a mellow, and he walks up and down, and he says, and by the way, that's going to be a term paper, and this is going to be that, and this is going to be that, and all different kinds of things, and assignments, and he makes like a whole malchus that he has. In other words, the only way that he's able to be strong is because he's found those who are weaker than him. And they're in this place where they're at a disadvantage because they need a grade from the guy. So they have to say, yes, your highness, I'll do the term paper, your highness, and I'll do this, the test. When do you want to February the test? The test. <clears throat> He's strong only because you're weak. Chazal came along and said, Levadai. The Bereshlon's greatness is not contingent upon anybody else's weakness. It's who he is. That's Levadai. You follow? Hashem It doesn't mean to be alone in a room. Hashem is by himself. Whatever that means, Hashem is by himself. It's not an Indian of, of something physical where, there, where it's crowded or busy. So it's in Vayevosa, Yaakov Levada, Yaakov Rivina was by himself. It means that a, it means that a Yid, a Yid has to find Aisha, wealth, Simcha, joy, Levura, everything is Levada. It can't be, my wealth can't be contingent upon somebody else's poverty. Or it can't be contingent of, or depend upon Something outside of me that I need to have. In other words, you tell me, today I'm wealthy, why? Because the stock market went up. Or the Dow Jones is up. Oh, I'm wealthy. I'm happy, I go to sleep, I'm rich. I wake up in the morning, the radio turns on, the alarm, see the Dow Jones. Oh, that can't happen because it's closed at night. But whatever. In Japan, something happened. You could say I'm not a big bucky in these things. So, something went down. Oh, I'm poor. Maybe, maybe by this afternoon, I'll be rich again. So then they tell you, uh, when the stock market closes the day, they went up there, oh, I'm rich. Then by the, by the ready the next morning, oh, I'm poor. It's but that's how we live. You're rich or you're poor, depending upon something that's absolutely out of your control. You have no control over your own wealth or poverty. That's what the world is going through right now. It's totally beyond our control. It has to do with forces and markets and politics and oil and Arabs and Christos. I don't know what's going on and why these things happen. And uh, all different explanations. That's not the point. The point is, you're Aisha. It's one of the most revolutionary 
teachings of the Torah. Who is the, who is the wealthy person? If you're happy with what's inside of you, nobody can take it away from you. It's not, it doesn't depend on anybody else. Ezehu Giber, who's a strong person? I don't have to have somebody that I can push around. I don't have to have somebody that's weaker than me in order to be strong. My strength is a strength within, my, within myself. It's a world of Levada. It's an unbelievable world, Levada. It's a world that if it would be tapped by people like ourselves, our lives would be changed. That's Yaakov Avim. Hashem Hashem's greatness is not depending upon someone else's smallness. He is that. That's Levada. That's the Avada that we're talking about. When a person a person must enter into oneself and find that that quiet world within oneself. Because in that world there's Aisha, there's wealth. In that world there's Simcha, there's Gevura. In that world there's everything. Everything that you and I need is inside of us. There's nothing at all that we need outside of us. You think, what do you mean? You don't need water? You don't need air? The, the MS is, everything I need is inside of me. Everything. A world of levad. Of alarm. Oilam shall shake Quiet. Oilam shall mikud. Being able to be focused. Page kuf ches. Nad geshuf. Let me, for, let me emphasize again. Let me repeat. I'm not talking about anything spiritual yet. We didn't get yet anything spiritual. I'm not talking about Olam Haba. We're talking about Olam Hazeh. In this world. Again, to create within oneself an oitzer, a treasure. A treasure chest. A kli. In order that I could find the Bari Olam, I must have called the I must have Yishev Hadas. I must have Levad. Levad. I must have that. Kedei Sha'odim Yechia Toiv Kan Ba'ilam Hazer. In order to live well in this world. Every one of us knows people who have much more than we have, but they don't have. They don't have as good a life, anywhere as good a life as we have. Bechlamat. Even though officially they have more than us. That doesn't mean that their life is a good life. This doesn't require any explanation. Because Kadei Shodim Yichya Toiv Kan Ba'ilam Hazer. Kan Ba'ilam Hazer. Olav Sheyichya Ninoach Ragua. A person has to live in a, a way that he has rest and calmness. Mechushav. That he's able to think. Shokul Umadud. Meaning everything is weighed and everything is with the everything is with the Yishev Hadas. When a person has that, then the tiniest little things in life can make you unbelievably happy. A person doesn't have to go far away to some beautiful, beautiful, big fancy garden like they have these, you know, these. Magnificent gardens. You could you could be happy with a little flower that's growing outside your window. When you when you have that world of lavada, you don't need to go 
find you could you could look at a little flower outside your window, and if the lavada is strong, if the lavad is strong, so within yourself you could you could be you could be a tremendous simcha with one flower. What do they call those places where they have big flower? Uh, huh? Botanical garden. You don't have to go to the botanical garden. Yeah, it's a nice thing. Not a personal ship. It's nice to go there to see, and because it's something you see the beautiful. It's called Shemaim. A person sees something so beautiful, but you don't have to go there in order to experience something which is beautiful. You don't have to run away from your children. They see something beautiful. If you have lavado, then you could enjoy that by looking at your own kids. It's a different world. It's altogether a different world. This world of Levad. Anybody that's ever learned elementary Chumash, not advanced Chumash, basic Chumash knows that this is how our ancestors lived. Avram Yitzhak Viyakov, Avram Yitzhak Viyakov, Borchai Moishra Ben Olavashalom, what do all of these have in common? What did they do? They were shepherds. They were Rayat Soin. They were shepherds. Yesh Nai Seifa Nirka Amaspik Laivide Hashem, Shikhibra Rebi Avram Benishal Haram. There's a, a remarkable Seifa. Hamaspik Lavid Hashem by Rebi Avram Ben Harambam. He obviously lives in the shadow of his illustrious father. I mean, he's called Ben Harambam. <clears throat> so many people have not learned this sefer. Hamaspik Lord Hashem is an, is an amazing sefer. And it was, uh, I think it was recently a new translation of it. It's been, it's been done a few times. It's a remarkable sefer. Especially the end, when he has the chapters on his Baidadus and his Bainanus. It, 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 it's very rare in the Rishonim to see things laid out so clearly. It's the Rambam's son. The Paraka Achon de Sefer. And the last Paraka of the Sefer. Humadabra al Ha'olam Shabadidus Anefesh. Rabbi Avram ben Rambam speaks about the aloneness, being alone, the Didus and loneliness and of the Nefesh. Kamayisha is Kanu Baschola. As I said at the beginning, I'm only going to refer, and I've only learned, he said at the beginning, only sources of Torah, not any outside sources. Over there, at the end of Amaspik L'Oyedesha, Rabbi Avram explains, that our ancestors, who were the foundation of our people, were shepherds. They went after the tzon, the sheep, into the desert. And the Torah makes a point of this. Because you could ask, what's enough to me, whether he's a shepherd or he sells a good yom rice cream? What's enough to me? You have to make a panasim. And the Torah goes out of its way to tell us all about how the Ovis, Moshe Rabbeinu, used to go out into, the, into these places by themselves. Rabbi Avram explains 
Because our ancestors were seeking a quiet life. They were seeking a world that was quiet. Olam shel shaket. And that's without all the instruments, without all the machines. But to get away from the commotion of town and the city, to get away. Rabbi Avon says they found the sounds that the cows made better than the words of human beings. The talk, the chatter the, the, of, of people. They preferred, they preferred the sounds of the behemoths. There is a saying, Shem Adam writes a shaket, that if, you, if a person wants quiet, that he should go to the cemetery. Over there, nobody's making any noise. I told it to you, but I had a, I had a, a niece, uh, no, it's my cousin, that uh, was look, when she got married, she was looking for a long time in Forest Hills. In those days, remember the young couples used to all go to Forest I don't know if it's now, but they used to all go to Forest Hills. So she was looking, a lot of them went to Forest Hills, she was looking for an apartment. And she couldn't find, she couldn't find. So finally, she got one. Uh, on Queens Boulevard, right next to the cemetery. There, there she found a beautiful apartment, and it was cheaper because the people don't want to pay so much over there. I don't know. And she found, and, and I was with her and my father and her father, my uncle. And, and she said that, she said that I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to take this apartment. My father and my uncle said, it's a wonderful apartment. We were all there. Take the apartment. She says, I can't live over here next to the, next, it's a, it's a, it's a Jewish, I can't live here next to the cemetery. So my uncle and my father said, like they looked at each other, they said, it's Mr. Machai over here. It's the quietest. You are, Queens, uh, Queens Boulevard is, is a busy place. This apartment was on the other side of there facing only the Mason. Now, unless you're from the old school and you hear Mason talking to each other at night, where can you get better neighbors? You're not going to have any problems with them. No one's going to be clocking with a stick that you're making too much noise or something. And like my former brother, my father, my uncle didn't understand. How could you find a better place? There's like a lechachila, shulechachila. You know, you're not a kayan, so what's the problem? Beis Akvaris is good. <clears throat> she didn't take it. <laughs> Over there, nobody makes any noise. But that's a place where a person can find quiet. Meaning, the melitza, of course, the sadness of that saying that it's a joke, is that in this world, a person can't find quiet. In life, you can't find quiet. The only place that's quiet is where it's not a place of life. But that's not true. A person who's an Oyved can find quiet inside of himself no matter where he is. No matter where he goes, he can find quiet. We have to go in that way. That doesn't mean we're going to become shepherds. Well, I had a Talmud who was a shepherd. He did that for a little while. Lived upstate, and he did that for a little while. It's not. It's not nowadays. Not such a popular kind of thing to do. <clears throat> but uh, but Adam Tzorich, we have to find ways in the context of our lives. Adam Tzorich, the leches bederich shadarchu ba v'seinu tziilach bigvehat sein uriyes gideyosayich al mishkanais haroim. It says in Shishim, go out and follow the sheep and watch the sheep. By the Amishkanois, Harai means by the shepherd's tents, you know, it was hot. They used to have places there, for the, they used to make a little bit like a sukkah for them to sit. Amishkanois Harai. 
A person has to have in life Mishkanai Sarayim. You have to have a shepherd's tent in life. Lonu Am Yisrael Yesh Yichus. We're Jews. We have Yichus. We have Yichus. Va'onu Mamshichim as Derech Ha'avis. And the Yichus is not to say that you come from the Balsham Tov, you come from David Melech. The Yichus is to say that we come from people who were machapsim as Hashaket, who were seeking quiet, who sought a world of Levada, of Levad. That's, who our, that's our Yichus. That's a better Yichus than, than, than uh, some nice, you know, Rebbe. A Yichus of, from that comes to, every Jew has this Yichus, three others. Like the brothers say to Yosef at Sadiq. Our ancestors were all right so That's what we do with shepherds. Why does the Torah tell us this? What do we care? Why? Every single word of the Torah is for us. It's not history. It's not void for us. Why does the Torah make a big Indian of this? Because the Indian of Rayetzon doesn't only mean being a shepherd. Because you can't always be a shepherd. But it means that we come from a people who understand that unless you have a shepherd's tent in life, you're not going to be anything. You're not going to be anything. Your whole life is going to go by without anything. Our others sought this out. They were looking for the Olam HaSheket, for the world of Sheket, of Quiet. Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to the house of Yisrael, he, 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 he asked for something that he could do, where he'll have that solitude, that quiet. This is what he wanted. He didn't want, it, he didn't want it to be a traitor. He didn't want to. He didn't want to have some other profession. He wanted to be a right sign. And through that, he came to the burning bush. He came to meet the Rebbeinu And the Torah makes a point of this: that it's because of Moshe Rabbeinu's time by himself in the desert that he came to that point. Of meeting Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's the same thing for each and every one of us. But you don't have to go to you don't have to go to a desert. Now you can't go to, well, you can, but a person has to have little places to go to. But that's not the, that's not the, the the condition that's required. And the Torah was given in the desert, which is also. A big thing. That the Torah is given in the desert. It means that Ad Hayyim. The only way that a person can truly receive the Torah is in the desert. And desert means deserted. And deserted means, doesn't mean that you can't have friends. It can't, doesn't mean you can't live in town. But it means that you have to be able to have a point in your life that is deserted. It's only you. That's Levada. Look how the Torah was given. We're familiar with all of these chazals. When 
Again, why did Chazal reveal this? Though? I mean, this is what happened, but Chazal make a point of it. When the Barishon gave the Torah, there was no bird that was chirping. There, was no, there were no wings flapping. Everything in the world stopped. There was no ox that was, that was crashing. The angels weren't fluttering their wings. All the angels that usually say Kaddish, 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 Hashem said, all the angels were silent. The ocean, the waves, everything stopped still, quiet. All people in the world, they didn't know why. Wherever they were in the world, all of a sudden, still, everybody stopped talking. The world was silent. Totally silent. And the voice came out. I am Hashem, your God. Look what Chazal are teaching us. And this is, this is what it was. At the time, at the time of Matantaira, the world was quiet. In order to receive the Torah now also, your inner world has to be quiet. Without this sound and that noise, quiet. Without the turbulence in a person's head, in a person's heart. And Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Hasinai to get the Torah in such a way. How did Moshe Rabbeinu reach that Madrega at that level? To be able to stand and to face the Bayer, the Rabbani Shalom. To receive the Torah. Because Moshe had made a choice in his life. He had enough of the noise of Mitzrayim. And he was involved over there with the, with the whole with politics and with the country, and with the, as we know from Chazal and with, with the army. He was very involved in Mitzrayim. He left it. He went away. It's true. He had to leave at that time. But then he sought a different life. And the life that he sought was... A world of sheket, of quiet. He sought a life of bedidus, of being alone, of being alone. Olam shal sheket. Olam shal roiga of calmness. Olam shal yishev adas. A world of yishev adas. Then this is. I, 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 I said from the beginning, I don't want to be sidetracked. I, I, I mean, I let myself, I sound like someone is doing it to me. I'm doing it to myself. But the whole avoider of Kislev leading up to Hanukkah is all about this. Because the, the Ika avoider of this month is Binyamin. Binyamin at Sadiq. And the Kayach of Binyamin is Shtika, is silence. Which in Yidrochli means a plash of Shtika from this Pasha. But she, she was quiet. She didn't reveal the secret. She was quiet. 
And therefore, Chazal say that she had a cha binyamin. There's also the stone of binyamin that was worn on the, by the coin. Godel was the yoshve. In English, they say a jasper. Yoshve was the stone. And Chazal say, yesh madam. He has a mouth, but he doesn't speak. The whole Indian of the whole, the whole avoid of the month is to come to the end of the month. The end of the month is when a person is able to sit quietly by the candles and he doesn't need to hear anything else. To be in a place that's totally quiet, that there's a sham, that the children are, are sleeping, it's quiet, and the candles are lit long enough and the person can have the Yishavadas to sit by the Hanukkah, to sit by the candles. All of the avoid of the whole year is to come to the quiet moments that you have by the Hanukkah Menorah. It's a big Indian. The shtika of The shtika of the silence of Binyam and Atzad. The silence of Shaul HaMelech, of Esther HaMalke and Esther Magedis, Shaul, like Higid Ramelucha. Quiet, quiet. Levad, Levad. Vayivosa Yaakov, Levad, it's Hanukkah. The whole Indian... He went back to get the Pach and Ketanim, which is the Pach Shemon of Chanukah. That's when he took the Chanukah oil. All of the whole parish is about Chanukah. All of this Chanukah, Chanukah is the meaning of Levadai. As a people to break free from anything that's outside of us so that each person can be himself. It's a very big subject in Torah, the union of, of Shevet ben Yomen, of ben Yomen HaTzadik, of Shtik, of Quayit, of Rochli Meinam. Shechazal say, Tov Saplach Shal Shtik. Now it's interesting because Rochel of the two sisters, Rochel is certainly the more talkative one. You look in Chumash, Leah has hardly anything to say. Leah just names the children really. There's very little, a little bit of the Dudon, but there's very little that she says. Rochli Meinam says. She has more to say. She's more outspoken. And yet, she is described as the silent one. Obviously, silence is not measured by how many words a person speaks. It's talking about inner silence. Levade. Roch, yifas toyev, yifas ma'ab, in yom na'tzadik, shol ha'malach, esta ha'malach, yosef ha'tzadik. It's a p'chin of levade. Yosef is able to be yosef. He was totally alone. In, in the time where he lived over there, alone, alone. I was thinking, I was thinking about these, about these, this, this couple that were killed by Kiddush Hashem, that they were there for five years. <clears throat> and I was watching their show, that the, the memorial thing about how they lived over there in Bombay. So Pella, a person had to live for five minutes. They didn't even go for Shabbos or Yontif to family. Levada. They were self-sufficient. You know why they were self-sufficient? Because they believed in what they were doing. Because the kaychas that they had were within themselves. So you're thinking, how could they possibly live for five years in that miserable city? There's not one Lomans over there. There's not one Lomans. There's not one Glakosher restaurant. Not one Milchish restaurant. Not one Chalv Yisrael ice cream joint. There's not one Toys R Us, not one Kids R Us, not one Infant R Us, not one Adults R Us, not one and go on There's just a big Avarazara, the whole country. One big Buddha. That's it, the whole place. And they're able to live like that? 
how could you live like that? You think, how could first you ask, what, what kind of, what kind of, uh, like I'm thinking, like, how, you know, these are crazy thoughts you have, like, how do they work, like, with getting warm water for a shower? We had to go to the mikvah over there. And, 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 and with eating, so she said she was preparing meals. I read she used to prepare meals, Shabbos, this Rivka. She had the people, she baked a hundred chalas, it said, for Shabbos. She said, you read this? She had a hundred chalas for Shabbos. And she was giving out food to all these people that came, even that came. She gave them food. Mishkan Brachs, Gourmet, uh, I forgot, Black Gourmet, yeah, the new one, whatever it's called, Animal Kingdom or something. <laughs> nothing! She didn't have anything. None of those, nothing. No conveniences, no, like we're thinking, where should I go? Because over there, I might have to circle for five minutes to get a parking space, maybe I should go to the other place. Right? And and and, so, and and someone comes and says, you know, I think we're having some, I think we're having some mishpacha come over the Shabbos. Wow, how many? Four, four coming over for Shabbos family it means I have to go to the grocery, I have to go back to the, I have to go back to super solar brats, or to go make lava, to one of the, I have to go back. And then not only that, but, but what, what what my cousin Yankee likes, I have to go to another, I have to go down Central Avenue to a different place. He likes the coleslaw from over there. These are our nisyanis. You understand? These are Anasyonis here in, in our neighborhood. And there's similar Anasyonis that they have in Borough Park and other places where our people live. And here you have this, this sweet little holy couple. They stay living five years. And, they, and if not for the murderers, they would be there for, I don't know who, till Mashiach, I don't know what. There was, <clears throat> Shmuel's father was telling me that on Arab Shabbos that, that he, he, knew, he, he knew this, this tzaddik, this gavi. And that he waited up for him, Gabi, to, to make him a meal, to sit with him over there, to schmooze with him. He shechted a hundred chickens or something a week. He shechted, he was a shaykh. He shechted the chickens himself to give out to the people. See if someone would say that you have to take off the feathers of your own chickens nowadays. Who would even think of having liver anymore? Okay, liver's not healthy anymore. My mother used to do the whole thing with the broiler. Oh no. To kasha something? To work at something, and yet your, your father told me, and I heard from other people. There's someone else here that met, and I heard and I read that there was a simcha sachayim murdik, the happiness of these people, simcha sachayim, a joy. Where does that come from? It's not coming from the supermarket. It's not coming from having the convenience of. It's not coming from having your own parents. What could be more wonderful than having your family near you. You know how hard it is to be away from family. It's terrible to be away from family. Thousands of miles by yourself in a miserable place. Miserable. You know how good it feels when you go someplace? You ever have, you know, you're riding someplace. I know that like when I have to go and I, and I get for lunch that I have to go somewhere and then I finally find my way into the Jewish neighborhood and you know that you see that first yid. Ah, you feel so good. You stop the car and hug him. Right? So good. They never, they never saw that. Never. Levantai. So where do they take a Simcha Sechayim? Where do they take a joy? Where do they take it from? They took it from within themselves. That's what it means, Levad. And, and not, that we, not that we should be in, it's not for everybody to be in such a place. 
But maybe we would have to find that also. We could find it. But it's chaval to have to be sent far away to do such a thing. I mean, they did that out shlichus. They were sent by They went with shlichus, what they believe in. But to find the levada within oneself. That's how the Torah was given. The Torah was not given in a place of hot running water. It's hard to believe. No air conditioning. Not units, not central. Nothing. The desert. That's what the Torah was given. Why? The Barisham could do anything. He could have taken us, he could have taken us to Natanya to give us the Torah. He could have taken us someplace nice with palm trees and the breeze. No, in the midbar he gave us the Torah. Because that's the till this day, that's the only way you could receive the Torah. You think that you can get it some other way, you can't. The only way you could receive the Torah is in the midbar. It means alone. Levada. That's all. Oilam Sharoy, Oilam Shayishav Hadas. It's the void of Kislev to come to Chanak, to come to the Menorah. Talk maybe more about that, Mishra, next time. To come to the Menorah, the old Indian of the Chanakah candles. Zuloid page, Kuftes. Zuloid Dera Chadosha, Shezgal Sabahaydu Hasasalam. Talking about India. This, we shouldn't think that this is a new method, some new idea that they discovered in the Far East, meaning to be alone, to meditate. It's a mistake, and a lot of from people think that meditation is not Jewish. A lot of from people think that meditation is a Goyesha thing. God forbid, this is not something they thought up in, in, in India. This is clearly spelled out in the Torah, throughout Tanakh, and throughout Chazal, and the Rishonim, all the Tzaddikim. So, Derech Avuseinu Shekosu Oisa Chazal, Chazal have explained this, it's the way of our ancestors, will be a Ruha Avuseinu HaRishonim, and the Rishonim talk about it. Avuzuloi Bedidus Lashem Bedidus. This is not for the sake of being alone. Again, this is not because somebody is a social misfit and he can't be among people and to run away from people. That's not at all what we're talking about. Chas v'sholem. And remember, the tachas is to be among people. But in order to be among people and not be, and not get crazy from people, to be among people and not to hate them and not to insult them and not to let them get to you and make you meshuggah, you have to be able to escape into the world of Levad even when you're among people. And you have to work on that. In order to be among people, you have to be away. It's not a bedidas the same bedidas. It's not to be alone for the sake of being alone. So bedidas the same is not kus meharoya shabayla. It's a bedidas, it's being alone for the purpose of detaching yourself from what's wrong in the world, from the craziness of the world. And his cash was the kelchai. In order to have his kashus to be attached to the living God. His kashus the Kelchai. Kafish Navari Bahamshak as we'll learn up ahead. Habididus of Rahanashama. This I'll call it aloneness. This Lavadius, this Bedidus. Habididus Avurhanashama for the Nishama, he come my Mayim Velechim Avurhagov. 
what bread and water is for the body, meaning it's the most basic, those are the most basic things that you need in order to live. That's what aloneness, bedidus, is for the nisham. Loi pachas mizah, not anything less than that. Loi pachas mizah. That's what bedidus is for the nisham, what bread and water is. And if a person does not feel that that's true, and you don't, and you're the kind of person that says, no, you're fine. You love being among people. You love it. You love it. You, you know, you're, you like all this stuff. You like all this handling and being busy with the phone, having a lot of people over all the time, company and talking and schmoozing. You, lo- you love that, and you don't find any need for bedidas. There are people like that. If you don't feel that bedidas, again, I'm not going to translate each time, that bedidas is the most basic need of the neshama, it's a simon, it's a proof, it's a sign that your neshama is so deeply buried, Hashem Yerachem. Your soul has been so deeply buried. Your soul no longer feels what it needs. Your soul doesn't feel what it needs. Just like God forbid a person who is physically ill, is not hungry, doesn't, that might not feel that he needs anything. He's so far gone now. It's very bad. And it's so bad he doesn't feel that he that he that he needs something. When someone was sick and didn't want to eat, didn't want to do anything, all of a sudden the person who was sick says, you know, I wouldn't mind a little a little bowl of chicken soup. The whole family says, Oh, he wants chicken soup. It's a whole yantiv. Yankel's hungry, Yankel's hungry. It's a good symptom. It's a good symptom. It means that you're healthy. You're beginning to be healthy because you're hungry. If a person is not hungry, for quiet, for sheket, for bedidas, it's a simon that you're not well. It's a simon that your neshama is not well. If you're Mr. Macher and, or Mrs. Macheret with everybody and always talking and busy and the phone and handling, coming and going, and that's your whole life. And again, everybody loves you. You're the most popular person and you're getting guest of honor every, every once in Shabbos, you're a guest of honor. It's a simon that you're not well. You're not well. Even though you're winning all the awards and your picture's on the cover of every of every Jewish newspaper and you're the most popular person and that you're the biggest balas chesed, the bal chesed, and you get all kinds of points in Shalom because you're constantly doing and doing and running and coming and going, you're sick. Plain and push it. It's a sickness. You have to find a way to be nice to people without having to live a life without the deeds because the neshama needs it as desperately as the guf needs bread and water. And he explains. A person who, God forbid, is paralyzed, whose entire body or part of the body is paralyzed, is chalila, is numb, is paralyzed. A person who's sick can lose his entire, can lose his taste for food or any rotsen, he doesn't have any rotsen to eat. Person doesn't have any desire to eat. That's not good. The tachlis is to to have a healthy desire to eat and to to eat in a way that's normal. It's not a tachlis. It's not a tachlis that a person should, God forbid, not be well and because of that to lose weight. The tachlis is to be healthy and to and to be well and to eat properly. And if you like to lose, if you need to lose some weight, you lose some weight in a normal way. Not God forbid because you're sick. Imagine somebody would say to you, 
you see someone lost a lot of weight, and you say, oh, you look wonderful, you look terrific. And the person says, yeah, I know, I've been, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very sick. So you say, what's the difference? You look so wonderful. It's nice. To... <laughs> the main thing is you look nice. I haven't seen you like this in years. You have to be out of your mind. But that's what we're talking about. Person's, a person's sick. I, everything looks gewaldic because he's the head of this and she's the head of that and everything's busy and all this company and talking and what. It's Rachmanis. It's a big Rachmanis. I saw a description in a sefer that brought down, it quoted, uh, it quoted a guy who was person who was uh, cleaned in the tzaddik, I forgot which rabbi it was, it's just now I forgot the rabbi, which rabbi, it's a big, big rabbi from, from, a, from a long time ago, like a hundred years ago, I just right now I can't remember, I saw this a long time ago, and there was a, there was a, a, a guy who worked over there cleaning, and, and he, somebody asked him what did he, he was very devoted to the rabbi and to the bismedrish, and somebody asked him to describe what it was that he saw over there. So the, what he described, listen to what he said. It's an American thing. He said that the Rebbe sits at the table, the head of the table in a big chair, and hundreds and hundreds of chassidim that stand around the Rebbe, and the Rebbe is absolutely silent, and all the chassidim listen to him. That's what he said. All the chassidim listen to the Rebbe's silence. It's a American he didn't say it because he, he just said what he, he was just reporting. But he, something came out from his mouth, like a thing like that, which is a true thing. <clears throat> they were listening to the, to the Rebbe's silence. They were listening to the Rebbe's silence. And, and nowadays, it'd be, uh, can't, the Rebbe wouldn't be able to hold his uh, position. How can you even say terror this week? I was hoping you would listen to my silence this week. We're not paying you for your silence. You understand? You want to hear something. You want to hear or something. Good. All the chassidim would stand the guy said and listen to the Rebbe's silence. This person who doesn't feel well, he doesn't have a desire to eat. That's dangerous. I mean, if he doesn't eat, he could die. He's not well. The problem is that because he's not well, he's lost his desire to eat. This is a sickness. This is terrible. If you don't feel, if you don't feel the need to live in a world of levad, again, it doesn't mean that you can't be with people and have friends and be happy and laborlike and attend an event here or there. It doesn't mean that. But if you can't, if you don't have a world of Levad, it's a sign that your Neshama is buried deep, deep in the depths of of physical matter. Of Chaymer, of Gashmir's. Again, it could be mitzvah gashmius. You're the person that always does shabbat brachas for everybody. You're the person that's always there for everybody. Okay, that's a chashivah thing. Again, points in Shemayim, for sure. But you're buried under piles of mitzvah gashmius. There is such a thing. 
piles. You're a person that you can't be Shabbos by yourself. A husband and wife, with a child or with two children, or if there are no children, if the children are away, or if the children have grown up, you can't be a husband and wife sitting at a Friday night at the table. I've had people tell me that. I can't, I can't sit there just to talk. There's nothing to talk about. What do you make of that? There's nothing to talk about. What did you talk about under the chuppah? He said, I have a good answer. The vase looked at us. you saw, and you just nodded your head. like, okay, go ahead. That was okay. So how come now you have something to talk about? You have nothing to talk about. Don't talk. You don't have to talk. You ever think about just, just being quiet and enjoying each other's company and, and being in a place that's real, that's what doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Like the story that the Hitler Gavoshem that he told about the, the one that he wouldn't sit down to the Shabbos meal without a guest. You remember that? And there was no guest that came. So, so they were about to send Elianovi because this Yid was waiting. He never sat without a guest for Shabbos. So, um, they sent, so he had such agnus nefesh. So he took, so he took his, there was no guest that came. So he took his horse and he put the horse at the table. And he sat the horse by the table and he put a hat on the horse. And he said, Kiddush. He said, that if he wouldn't have done that, they would have sent him, Elianovi would have been, so he had instead of fed with a hat on his head. That's what he had for Shabbos, a guest. That there are people like that. There are people like that. Um, you could rent a guest for Shabbos or something. You find somebody just not to be alone. You can't be alone. You can't be alone. You have to be completely by yourself. Even if your wife or the husband is away, just to be Shabbos by yourself. Everybody already would say, <gasps> You're by yourself for Shabbos? <gasps> How could that be? It's terrible. She says, No, I got invitations. Everybody's nice, but I wanted to be alone. It's okay. We would look at that person as having some sort of an illness, no? You want to be by yourself for Shabbos? What's the matter with you? You're antisocial. You don't want to have, you know. There's a Masikas in the Shabbos like that. I'm not saying that God forbid I wish on Jews that they should be by themselves. We should always have each other, friends and family, always. But there's a Masikas in a person being Levad. There's a Masikas. And the reason that you can't talk about this, even now, to talk about it, it's probably some of you are going to get the wrong idea. Like, what is that? That's, uh, that sounds very depressing. It sounds depressing because we're depressed people. You could be sure that the Badish was by himself, he was okay. Because you know why? His simcha was a simcha of Eizahu Asher Sameh Bechelkai. I don't have to have not a person and not a fed by my table to be happy. I don't have to have traps to be happy. I don't have to have people that I could make conversation with and, and be labored and then make jokes. I don't have to have that. Like now you have the Shabbos, it's called Achnas Zorcha because you have people socializing, married couples coming back and forth. It can't be husband and wife with each other. So Teretz is the if it's for chizik, of course for chizik, but I'm saying, but stam, the company, this and that. All of these things is all part of the Rahmanas that we're in. There's a weakness that's underneath it. There's a certain weakness. Don't quote me as saying you're not allowed to have Shabbos guests. But, but the need for that is a weakness. To want to do it, to, to be able to be mechazik people and to be gracious is a strength. But the need for that is a weakness. You understand the difference, right? The need to have company is a weakness. To be able to do for people is a strength. That you know the new people moved in, 
Genvayim, Shiloh, of course. Genvayim. That's coming from strength. But because I need somebody at my table, every need is a weakness. Every need is a weakness. It's not strength. Just let's finish, I'm sorry, very quickly finish this. Last paragraph. It's a sign that he doesn't have an ear that is listening to, that is attuned to what he beemis needs within himself. The need for bedidus for aloneness is a basic need of life. It's not something that accompanies you. It's not an additional thing. It's not a luxury, a little quiet. It's not a luxury. It's the, it's the bricks that are needed to build the soul of a human being in this world. That's what Shekhet is. At the end of the parak, we're going to continue B'ezusha next month's Shabbos. Then he goes and returns into the Indian of how to practically overcome Ex- outside things by using the kayak of the vats.